Hey, I just want to say thank you for checking out this message today. I hope that it helps you, that it encourages you, and that you are able to learn a little bit more about who God is and why so many people throughout history have chosen to become followers of Jesus. If you enjoy this message and you want to hear more, you can find us on Facebook or YouTube. But ultimately, you can find everything you need to know at clcwinnipeg.ca. There you can find more messages, you can find our social handles, ways to get connected to our church, and if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do that as well. And like I said before, I hope that you are encouraged by the message you're about to hear. God bless you. Hi there, and welcome back to Christian Life Church Online. We're really glad that you've joined with us again today. Uh, lots of great things happening here. Uh, we have recently uh, welcomed about 50 people from Ukraine. We have another family of five arriving tonight at the airport that will be meeting and greeting and welcoming to our fair city. Uh, we have started a Ukrainian fellowship and over 70 people are attending and it's continuing to grow. Many of you have invested in that ministry, in this ministry, and we want to thank you. It's really bearing fruit, and lives are really being touched by it all. And uh, we really feel privileged to be able to serve in that way. Also in October, uh, we have been doing something called Socktober, and we've been collecting socks for the homeless. Many of these people have to change their socks simply every day because they're living on the streets, their feet get wet, they get cold, and so they go into the Salvation Army and they need new socks. And so uh, we're going to be giving Salvation Army a thousand pairs of socks uh, in the next few days as people have responded to this incredibly practical need. Well, today we're going to be talking, uh, continuing our series on soundtracks, and we're actually going to extend it a couple of more weeks. We were going to end today. But there's a couple of other uh, areas that we really feel that we need to cover off. So we're going to be doing that um, in the first two weeks of November. Today I want to talk to you about when you are judged. How do we handle that? As we talk about soundtracks, the, the soundtracks that we listen to in our heads, we, we have to acknowledge that some of the soundtracks we listen to are just not true. And, you know, we, we may hear them so much that um, we actually begin to believe that they're true. Some soundtracks are actually destructive. But we also have to realize this one thing, that everybody around us has their own soundtracks that they listen to. And the soundtracks that they listen to, many times people come to believe that they're actually true, that what they're being told and what they're hearing and what's going on in their head is actually true. And we're living in a time when, when disagreement and debate and healthy discussions are really difficult to have. The freedom to express your thoughts or ideas has actually become pretty risky. And the risk is that you're going to offend somebody or you're going to be uh, severely criticized or called out online. You're going to be canceled. Or you're going to be attacked. And there's not a lot of tolerance for different opinions today. If you look back at Webster's Dictionary, the, the definition for, for tolerance is this. It's to recognize and respect others' beliefs or practices without sharing them 
or to bear with or put up with someone or something that is not especially liked. Now, tolerance demands that you agree, even if you don't. And disagreement can be seen as being intolerant. And if you're intolerant, seen as intolerant, it's going to bring severe criticism. In some cases, it's cost people their jobs, or they've been taken to court, or maybe to human rights, or simply cancelled. Now, I'm not saying that, that people should be saying um, nasty or, 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 or racist, or I'm not giving license to people intentionally harming. But disagreeing, having different opinions, that's what I'm talking about. I was talking to someone, uh, an unnamed source, who works for a human rights commission, and they basically said most cases are about hurt feelings. Now, it's tricky when we are believing scriptures or trying to adhere to God's word. It's tricky because the soundtracks you're going to be listening to um, may be opposite to the popular soundtracks that people are hearing today. To be of another opinion on many issues can actually be interpreted today as being intolerant or hateful or bigoted or racist. It may lead to your, your cancellation. Now, it's important for people to love each other. It's important for us to, to not blow up relationships just because we disagree. You know, the last couple of years have been pretty hard on relationships and friendships and families where disagreement over issues like the pandemic or vaccinations or the freedom convoy or, or politics, leaning right, leaning left, and all kinds of different hot issues have really caused people in some situations to cancel long-term friendships. And that's pretty sad. When I worked for my brother-in-law early in my days in his company, he came into my office and he was sharing something with me about the culture of his company and, and how he worked. He said, listen, Jim, he says, we might disagree we may argue, he says, I might, I might yell at you. But he said, we can still do lunch together. And what he was saying is that the culture of his office was such that disagreement doesn't end relationships. We can have discussions, we can have disagreements, we can say things to each other, but we can still eat together, we can still be friends. I think that's a good value to have, to be able to talk without canceling a relationship. Well, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, I'm uh, going to talk about uh, verse 2 to 4 today, I think is a really appropriate passage of scripture for today. It says, preach the word. This is Paul talking to young Timothy, an old preacher talking to a young up-and-coming guy. He says, preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. 
For the time will come when people will not put up with or tolerate sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. And they'll turn their ears away from the truth to turn aside to myths. Now, I was going to speak about judgment today from a different perspective. I was going to talk about judgment today from the perspective of how, how we ought to interact with other people when we feel that we are being judgmental. I was going to talk about us judging other people and, and some of the thoughts behind that and some of the scriptural teachings about judging other people. But I changed this as I've been meditating and, and contemplating this message actually for a number of days, mulling it over and praying about it, and changed it to from the perspective of dealing with the reality of being judged by other people. As followers of Jesus, there is an increasing scrutiny for us as we adhere to biblical truth. There's an increasing scrutiny for having a different soundtrack. So I want to share several thoughts and ideas with you today about how we might handle this. And I'm not speaking as an expert, but just as I look in Scripture, I think that there are some, some good practical teachings and instructions for us to, to glean. And I really hope that as we apply that, that you find it relevant and helpful and that it'll kind of give you a, a roadmap to, to navigating in some fairly challenging times relationally with people. There are many who today who profess Christ as Savior who are not adhering to scriptures. They're not basing their belief system on scripture, but more so on popular ideas on feelings or fear of offending and most often this is because of a lack of understanding or knowledge of the Bible and so when we're being judged and some of this judgment can come from within the church among other believers to believers there's a few approaches that people are taking and the first approach that some people choose and if you're writing things down, you just write a big number one and, and write this beside it, being a people pleaser. Today, many people identify as a Christian or a follower of Jesus, but yet you may find that they're disassociating or distancing themselves knowingly or unknowingly from biblical truths. And the reason for that, for these people, is to keep the peace, to be accepted, to fit in, to maintain relationships, or to garner some kind of success. This is called people-pleasing. Now, Peter was one of Jesus' 12 disciples, and he learned a hard lesson about being a people-pleaser. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 34, Jesus was talking to his disciples and he looks at Peter and he says, Surely I say to you that tonight, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. Peter was just 
floored when he heard that. He, he just, no way, that's not going to happen. In fact, he said, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. Now, Jesus knew Peter's weakness, and he knew the pressure that he was going to be under. And so then later on in Matthew chapter 26, you've got uh, Jesus, you know, arrested, and, and it's going to lead to his, his, you know, crucifixion and being hung on a cross and, and ultimately dying. So Peter's hanging out in this courtyard. There's other people milling around. And a little girl comes up to him and says, Hey, you know, like, weren't you one of those guys hanging out with Jesus? No, 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 I wasn't. And then another little girl approaches him and says, Hey, weren't you with Jesus? No, I was not with him. And, and then he gets approached by a small crowd of people. I don't know, maybe there was 10 of them. Weren't you with Jesus? Weren't you with Jesus of Nazareth? And Peter swears up and down. He says, I don't know the man. Like, leave me alone. Get lost. I don't know him. Now, when you think of this, who are the least intimidating kind of people for a, a big fisherman? A rough and tough guy like Peter. Two little girls. And he couldn't stand up to their scrutiny or their questions. And he disassociated himself completely with any past involvement relationships or beliefs that he previously held. There's people pleasing to protect himself, to prevent harm to himself. He felt threatened and then fear took over and he spoke from a basis of fear. So what do we learn from this? I think we learn that it takes some courage to speak of our deep convictions and belief. And we probably should learn that we may in fact uh, come under scrutiny and be questioned, you know, even by a little girl. And we also learn that there is a cost associated with being courageous. If our value is to be accepted, to succeed, to be liked, you're probably not going to have a lot of courage. And the cost for Peter was pretty severe. If he would have spoken up and said, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm with Jesus, it may have meant that he suffered the same fate as Jesus. So I think that we need to be prepared to, to answer and um, to really consider the cost of being a people pleaser. Well, here's another thought. So we talked about people pleasing. Here's another one. Number two, being wise and gentle. Now, the Apostle Paul writes in, uh, in Timothy some words that are really timely. Now, there's a few key words that I read to you earlier on. Uh, that were to correct, to rebuke, and to encourage with great patience and careful instruction. And he says, because there's going to be people that aren't going to put up a sound doctrine. So in unpacking this, what he's saying is there are going to be people that are intolerant of your viewpoints. They're going to be intolerant of your teaching and your preaching. Now, I don't know about you, but when I get a pebble in my shoe, I will not tolerate it. That shoe's coming off and that pebble's coming out as fast as I can. I can't tolerate it. 
And that's what intolerance is, is you just want to get rid of something. You want to cancel it. You want to get, it, get away from it. And so what Paul is saying is there's people aren't going to tolerate sound doctrine. They're going to distance themselves from it. And so to deal with this kind of intolerance, many preachers and churches and denominations are actually softening their stance on a number of key issues that are actually now going against the scriptures. See, the Word of God for the majority of people today does not pass the sniff test of public opinion. To simply say to somebody, well, this is what the Bible says, it's not going to be tolerated today. Because they don't see the Bible as being relevant. And so it, what it says doesn't matter to them. That's like somebody saying to me, well, this is what the Superman comic book says. So what? Who cares? I don't care. So what do we do? How do we handle that? Well, I'm going to give you a few, a few, uh, a few thoughts that I've, I've, I've come up with. The first one is to know our times. We have to know our times that we're living in. In 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32, it says, The men of Issachar understood their times and knew what Israel ought to do. I read a tweet this past couple of days from Kerry Newhoff, and he said, Most churches are well prepared, well positioned to reach a culture that no longer exists. It was something like that. But it's true. The men of Issachar knew how to interpret their situation and how to respond best. Now it's imperative to understand the times in which we live. And I'm going to tell you where I think we're at today. I think first of all, the church has lost the culture war. See, culture's gone through some major shifts and major changes and it's moved away from the church's thinking and beliefs and practices. Here's another thought of, you know, knowing our times, the times we're in. The church is not seen as the keeper of truth. Truth is more likely to be determined from uh, social media, from the latest fads, from policies the government may be imposing or instituting. Things taught in, uh, in the school system. The church is not seen as the keeper of truth. Uh, due to sin and hypocrisy and scandal, the church has lost respect. That's another reality today. And with the loss of respect, loses the sense of authority to be able to speak authoritatively about many issues. There are many people today who believe that the church is harmful. When you, when you look at the whole issue of residential schools and, and the harm that was perpetrated against innocent children. In the name of Christianity, a lot of people are saying, yeah, the church is actually harmful and destructive. It's not a helpful force in our culture. Here's another thought. 
the values of our society have moved away from biblical values. Well, no further comment needed there. And here's another thought where we're at today, and that is that we are just one of many voices. The church is seen in a negative light also, and intolerant. It's oftentimes seen as hateful. And if we understand where people are at, if we understand where they're coming from, we're going to be better equipped to effectively engage people and talk to them. So, understand your times. Understand where we're at in culture today. Here's another thought. Act with wisdom. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 16, Jesus is talking to his disciples as he sends them out to do ministry. And he says, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be as wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Now, Jesus is using some figures of speech to illustrate the realities of what he was sending his disciples into as he sent them out into the world. So when you think of, of the whole thing of shepherding and sheeps, sheep and, and, and all of that, they were always at risk of wolves and predators. Wolves hunted for and intentionally harmed sheep. Wolves don't tolerate sheep. They eat them for lunch. And Jesus was making it clear that you're going to follow me. He's saying this to his disciples. If you're going to be a follower of me and, and go out into this world and adhere to my teaching and speak what I speak, then you're going to meet up with some hostility. And so he says to be wise as serpents and to be as gentle as doves, to speak wisely, to know how to answer and how to speak. Now, there's an example of this in Acts chapter 17. Uh, Paul is in Athens. And it says in, in that chapter that his spirit was provoked because the city was full of idols. He was just, you know, he just kind of felt violated. And he felt really offended and, and violated by everything that was being done there and all this idolatry. And he, he was doing some teaching and speaking and, and he was accused of being a babbler. Now, these are pretty intellectual people. Um, that he was encountering, well-educated um, in philosophy and, and all these different things. And, and so it was on Mars Hill that he preaches this famous sermon and the Acropolis is, is off to his right and, and the, the seat of commerce is, is down below him and the seat of democracy is over to his left. So, I mean, this is like an influential place. And he knows exactly how to address the people. He didn't talk to them like he was a, a country preacher talking about, uh, you know, going out in the field and stuff like that. He talked to people where they were at and he engaged them in a way that he knew they'd understand. He knew how to communicate to them. And it was a, a particularly adulterous culture, and he knew exactly how to talk them on their level. Now, some mocked him, but many came to believe in Christ. So we, we really do need to, to, to speak with wisdom. We need to be as gentle as doves and as wise as serpents. 
Another thought here is, is to love people. You know, most people have this basic need. A friend of mine, uh, Bruce Martin, uh, retired recently from Calvary Temple, and he said to me one day, he said, Jim, people have two basic needs. They want to know if they're loved, and they want to know if they're valued. That's their two basic needs. Am I loved, am I, and am I valued? You know, in thinking about that, I think it's true. Jesus was a great example to us. Like when you look at his life and what he had a reputation for in Matthew 7, 34, you know what they said about him? They said that he was a friend of sinners. Now, it doesn't mean that he agreed with everything that these people were doing. He actually died for them. He died for sin. He was a friend to them. He was full of grace and truth. I think that's a good example is that we ought to love people. Well, then there's um, another thought, and that is to listen to the Holy Spirit. Jesus followed up his advice about being as wise as serpents and as gentle as doves in, in Matthew 10, 19, when he says, when they deliver you up, do not worry about what you should speak, for it shall be given to you in that hour what you should speak. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father who speaks in you. It's the Holy Spirit that speaks through you. I want to say it's important for us to be filled, to be baptized, to be empowered by the, by the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. When we are filled with the Spirit, we can understand and recognize the voice of the Spirit. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to speak through us and uh, not be worried about, about what we're going to say. Now, that doesn't mean that is going hand in hand with understanding our times. That goes hand in hand with being loving. It goes hand in hand with being wise in how we speak and how we articulate. But the Holy Spirit is there to help you. And the, the, the third point I want to make, if you're making notes, write a big number three and say this. Don't be ashamed. You know, not every idea that people have are good ideas. Some ideas are really bad. Some soundtracks are really bad. But Christianity has a, a history of challenging the status quo. And it's made people angry and upset and uncomfortable for centuries. So they've responded by persecuting Christians, by burning Bibles, by shutting down churches. Scriptures have also been misused. People have used Scripture to justify things like slavery, which became entrenched globally. and became the economic driver and political force in building America. Godly people fought for freedom and equality. In countries where oppression and violence against women, where women are viewed as property as opposed to people, it's the example of Christ that oftentimes drives change and elevates them. The church has brought hope and healing and established institutions, missions, hospitals. The church has brought emergency relief They've dug wells, providing water. They've given medical supplies and fed millions. 
when terrible things are said, when accusations are made. Remember the good. Because it's the basis of Christ's teaching that has brought care and compassion and created civil and just societies. Don't be ashamed that the gospel of Jesus brings freedom and peace and joy to people's lives. Don't be ashamed of the fact that the gospel of Jesus brings healing to the sick and deliverance to the addict. Don't be ashamed that the gospel of Jesus brings hope to the hopeless and help for the helpless. Don't be ashamed that the gospel of Jesus brings forgiveness and eternal life. Don't be ashamed of the fact that, the, that love compelled Jesus to go the, to the cross to die for our sins so that we wouldn't have to. Don't be ashamed. Now as I close today, there's no benefit to acting like a jerk around people and then calling it persecution. That's not what we're called to. I remember uh, a number of years ago uh, working in the trucking industry and, and uh, there was one particular driver I, I remember I had to go with and nobody liked to go with this guy. Um, because when you would get into the cab of his truck, he would begin to quote scripture and preach, but he did it in such a manner that he was judgmental, he was berating, he was critical, he'd call you out, he'd put you down, and people just rejected him. They, they didn't want to be around him. I, I was heading toward ministry and I didn't want to be around this guy. I didn't like him at all. And so what I'm saying is it's not a benefit to act like a jerk around people and then say, well, I'm being persecuted. No, that's not what we're called to. What I'm sharing with you today is, is it's a call to know the times that we're living in and to live and act and communicate God's truth wisely and lovingly. It's a call to endure hardship and to be able to accept rejection and don't just give up on people. It's a call to love people unconditionally. It's a call to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to walk in the Spirit, and to listen to the Spirit. And I want to say to you today that if you're thinking different thoughts, and maybe they're not lining up with your church, or they're not lining up with your pastor, and, and you're confused, don't just cancel them because you don't like what they're saying. Sit down and listen. Take some time to engage. Take some time to hear their heart. Take some time to understand why they're saying what they say. And look at the scriptures because they're going to last. They've been around for thousands of years and they're going to last for a lot longer than the latest uh, pop psychology idea that comes out. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Listen to the Holy Spirit because people matter and Christ doesn't want anyone to perish but for people to have eternal life. And that goes for all of us. Well, thank you so much for tuning in today. I know it was kind of a bit long. There's a lot of material here, but the benefit is you can go back and, and listen again. Hey, if you're in Winnipeg and you don't have a church, I'm not trying to get people from other churches, but if you don't have a church, I want to tell you that 
You know, it's, it's, it's good to listen online if you have to, but there's nothing like getting together with other believers, being in fellowship, and being a source of encouragement to them, and also being encouraging, having them encourage you. There's something to be said about coming together corporately to worship Jesus together. And if you're hungry for that, and you have nowhere to go, check us out. We're at 1042 Jefferson Avenue, and we meet at 945 on Sundays. Uh, both services are meant to be the same, but the first service at 945 is a little quieter. So if you're not a morning person, we won't uh, blow out your eardrums. And then we also have another service at 1115, a little more lively. Same sermon, same preaching. And uh, just a whole bunch of really fantastic, great people. If you are Ukrainian or looking for Ukrainian fellowship, they meet at 2 o'clock on Sundays. So thanks for joining us, and we'll look forward to talking to you again next week. God bless you. And I pray that uh, this word has been an encouragement to you. Thank you.